Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning and welcome to Stevens Creek Church. We're so glad you're here, really. We're so honored that you're here, especially if you're new visiting with us. Please come back next week. Hey, we've been in a series called Knock Knock, and this series has been about opportunities. It's about walking through doors. And I think all of us have doors that uh, God is preparing for us to walk through. Uh, speaking of opportunity, you know, I like to start with something funny. Did you hear about the, the young college graduate just got out of college and he was interviewing for a job in the business field and he went in for this interview and the interviewer said, hey, what kind of salary are you thinking about? He said, well, I was thinking about starting off out of college, about $125,000 a year and, you know, with some benefits. And so the interviewer picked really quick and said, well, what about five weeks vacation? What about 14 paid holidays? What about full health? and full um, dental insurance, and what if we match 25% of your retirement and give you a company car? He said, wow, are you kidding? He said, well, yeah, but you started it. (laughs) You know, this series is called Knock Knock, so you know we've got to go there. And you've been waiting all week for me to go there, right? And this is audience participation, so uh, just join with me. And so here's the first one. Knock, knock. Spell. W-H-O. You'll catch on that a little bit. (laughs) Uh, Knock, knock. Little old lady. I didn't know you could yodel. Man, you're so talented. And final one. Final one of this series. Final one, maybe forever. Uh, Knock, knock. West, <laughs> let me know if you need a little West from this knock-knock jokes. <laughs> well, this series is all about doors, like I said. And, you know, at doors, we go in them and we go out of them. And my goal over the last several weeks is to uh, let you to be aware of maybe some God opportunities where God is opening up doors uh, for you to step through. I sincerely believe that, and I want you to see those doors, and I want you to embrace it, and I want you to step out in faith. So let's get started. You know, when God wants to do something in your life, God begins with a dream. God gives you a dream. He gives you an idea. He gives you um, a goal or some ambition, and that's how he starts to move in your life. God gave Noah the dream of building an ark. God gave Joseph the dream of leading a great nation. God gave Moses the dream of setting the children of Israel free from Pharaoh uh, to uh, inhabit their own land. God gave David, he anointed David to be the king. God always starts with a dream. And in fact, nothing starts happening until somebody starts dreaming. I think every great accomplishment in life or in this world begins because somebody somewhere had a dream. I believe that God is speaking to some of you, even here, 
Even today, as we go over the next few minutes, some of you will have ideas, some of you will have insight and ambitions, and that will start to swell up in, inside of you. You've got a hidden dream. And see, I think that's how God speaks. God often speaks to you through creativity. Through this creative idea, God will speak to you. You'll see a problem, and God, uh, God will speak, and then you'll start to see that solution. Some of you, even now, you have had problems at work, and um, you've even hired consultants to try to help you figure that out. But even in the next few minutes, could it be that God will be supernaturally dropping solutions uh, to that problem into your life? So I want you to embrace that. That is the Holy Spirit speaking um, to you and through you. Now, God has been working on you, but now it's time for you to take a step. He's saying it's time for you to make a decision. You see, a dream is worthless until you decide to do something about it. A dream is worthless until you decided to do, do something. You've got to wake up and you've got to roll up your sleeves and you've got to do something. You've got to make some choices. And these choices that you're going to make will determine if you're going to succeed or if you're going to fail. And what you start to understand that when you come to that place of decision, that decision making is a faith activity. Faith is believing and acting as though it has already been uh, accomplished or already happened. In James chapter 1 and verse 6, he said, But when he asks, he must believe. You've got to have faith. Must believe and not doubt. So that is the key ingredient to that. You've got to believe. You've got to believe that, that God is going to give you this ability and that you're going to be able to believe and not doubt because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea. You're blown and you're tossed about by everything else. So what do we see in all of this? We think about those dreams. We think about this activity. We think about walking through the doors. Faith is something that you do. Faith is something that you do. When you make a decision based on God's dream for your life, you're taking this step of faith. For every 10 dreamers, there's about one decision maker. It's that moment of truth when you decide to invest your time, you decide to invest your money, you decide to invest your energy, you decide to invest your reputation, and you decide that you're going to let go of security and you're going to go after this. In the Bible, we see the story of Abraham. Abraham left his homeland to go to an unknown destination because God told him to go. Moses left being second in command to the uh, leadership of Egypt to go lead a bunch of slaves. Nehemiah left a very cushy job in Persia to go build a wall around Jerusalem. There comes a point in your life when you have these dreams that you've got to do something. You've got to step out in faith. You've got to take that risk. You've heard me say many times that if, if you want to walk on water, you've got to get out of the boat. And that's where it becomes risky. Over the next few minutes, I want to just kind of give you some lessons of faith. In fact, there's four lessons of faith that I'm going to share today that I believe if you'll incorporate these in your life, that it'll help give you the courage to walk through the doors that are opening for you. There are four lessons of faith. Here's the first one. Where God guides, God provides. Where God guides, 
He provides. If God tells you to do something, God tells, I believe he's going to give you the wherewithal. He's going to give you the energy, the talent, the ability. He's going to give you the people. He's going to give you the money, the space, the resources, the contacts, the network, whatever you need. I think God is going to do this. Whatever you need, God is going to do that. This is the message of Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19. It says, and my God will meet all, I love this word all, all of your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. God will supply all of your needs. I'm talking to you. All of your needs. What is it? What is it that you need? I'm talking to you. What is it that you need? What is it that you need? And my God shall supply all. All of your needs. Some of you may have come here to this service just to hear that. Because that's God's word for you. That God has the ability to supply all. All of your needs according to his riches and glory. All of your needs. I could tell you story after story how God has provided for Patty and me over the last 37 years of marriage. You know, you've heard me tell the story time and time again because it's such, uh, it is our story that when we got married, we loved each other. But we didn't have money. We didn't know you needed money to get married. We were just in love. She was 20. I was just 21 after a few days. And, and we just dove in. And then, you know, after a few weeks, we realized it takes money to be married. And so uh, things were tough. And, you know, we tried to pick up jobs that we can, but we never could get past that. So we ended up on food stamps and living in government-assisted housing. And so we understand that. So many times... Um, so many times people look at us and look at the church and, um, and think it just magically appeared, but it didn't. And when we started the church, we, had, uh, we passed the plate. We had 24 people in a borrowed living room. We passed the plate that day and collected $369. That was it. And so everything that you see around here came from an initial seed offering of $369. You know that story. You've heard me tell it uh, several times. Um, but you may not know this story, that two weeks before we launched this church, we went to the mailbox, and there was a letter in the mailbox with a card um, with a check for $3,000. Now, this came from a couple from Las Vegas that uh, we had known when they lived in Augusta, but we were not necessarily real close from, uh, friends with them. But God spoke to them in Las Vegas and told them to send $3,000 to us so that we would have living expenses the first month. God prompted them to send that check at just the right time. I can tell you time after time that God has come with a miracle, with a solution at just the right time. I believe that God will provide you opportunities and God will provide you with solutions to problems at just the right time. He will open the door that no man can shut. He will provide a way that no one else can do. That God has somebody. His favor 
will thrust you, will touch you, and thrust you years down the road from where you are. In 1949, there was a young minister named Billy Graham. Billy Graham. And he was traveling around the country holding meetings in large auditoriums. But, and he was having success, but he didn't have a national prominence then. And so that summer, he conducted a meeting in Los Angeles. And at that uh, revival meeting, there was a man that came there named William Randolph Hearst. William Randolph Hearst owned newspapers all across America. And as he sat in that congregation that day and heard the soul-stirring message of Billy Graham that touched his life, he wanted to do something. He wanted to do what he could do. So he called all of his publishers up across America and said, I want you to write a favorable story about the ministry of Billy Graham. And it was like overnight that he became a nationally known um, evangelist. What was that? That was a divine shift. It was God taking him further, faster. It could have taken him his entire lifetime to reach that kind of prominence back in those days. But God used one man to show him favor. God used one man to open a door that propelled Billy Graham to go further, faster. Could it be that God has one man or one woman already lined up in the right place for you? Could it be that God already has that person in the right place and that person is going to help you go further, faster, further than you ever dreamed and faster than you ever imagined? Fifteen years ago, we were launching our software company called SecureGive and we were in the struggling phase. You know, anytime you launch a business, you go through struggle. And it was tough in those days uh, because people look at the company now and um, but they don't realize that Patty went four years without a salary. And so it was, it was in that struggle phase where we were trying to launch this thing. And it was also during that time that, that a reporter from the Los Angeles Times came to church here. They'd heard about uh, us, and they, they sent a reporter from the Los Angeles Times. He came to church on a Wednesday night back then. He, exp- he, he was so unchurched, and he came and experienced Stevens Creek. And uh, he was blown away about it. He walked out into the, uh, the lobby and he looked at me and he said, I'm going to put you on the front page of the LA Times. And sure enough, six weeks later, he did that. They did a front page story called ATM for Jesus and um, had me on the front page. That morning I was on Good Morning LA and later on the Today Show and CNN, Fox, uh, AP, for the next year, all of that. But here's the story. So when that news broke, uh, then the chatter of that just went, um, went across the nation. And so talk radio was talking about this. And so shortly after that, uh, there was a station in San Francisco, talk radio, that was talking about the church. And it just so happens that um, the president of, of institutional lending, Dan Micus, was stuck in a, a bank of the West, uh, was stuck in traffic, having to listen to talk radio. Well, he heard our story, and the next day, he called me and said, I am intrigued with what you're doing, and I want you to become the kiosk supplier for, um, for Bank of the West. Uh, and we have a 
thousand locations across America. And um, I started to tell him, I said, well, I know a little bit about bank lending because um, we are uh, in the process of raising money for that uh, the building right there, the uh, next-gen building. The, when you walked in, we were in that phase trying to raise money for that. And I'm telling you, it was 2008, and people were not lending money. It was tough. It was tough. And so I, I listened to him, and I said, yeah, we're 12 hours away from... Uh, from we, after a year trying to get this thing closed. And he said, if you will do a deal with me, I will help your church. I said, okay, I'm listening. He said, I will give you a lower interest rate. I will cut your origination fees and I will close this loan in 30 days. I said, okay. That right there, that phone call saved this congregation $160,000 right there. $160,000. Because God had a man that we didn't know get stuck in traffic. And it just so happens that that man had the ability. Uh, some of his coworkers later on said, Marty, we have never seen any loan close as fast as your loan. What am I saying? I'm saying that God has already lined up the right people for you. Hear me. God has already lined up the right people for you. They may be struck, stuck in traffic in, in uh, San Francisco, or maybe they're stuck in traffic in Grovetown. And some of you have been there. And you're saying, Lord, please speak to me as I'm stuck in traffic tomorrow, trying to get off the exit ramp just to get to my house. These people that God has in your path will open doors that, that you could not open on your own. And they will help you go further than you could imagine. And they will get you there faster than you ever imagined. Because when God touches an opportunity and he opens the door and you make the decision to step through the door, then you can expect God to complete what he started and it's interesting, you know, at that time, I had never heard of that bank. Never heard of that bank. I know it now. They never sold a lot of accounts for us. They never sold a lot of accounts at all. But what they did, they gave us instant credibility. And that's what we needed from them for an organization like that to say, yeah, these folks are credible. And so that was the, uh, the really uh, the interesting thing behind all of that. But God, if you will honor God, I believe God's going to find the right people for you. I don't think you're going to have to go looking for them. I believe that God will pick them out of a crowd. I believe that God will cause them to knock on your door when you're ready. That you're going to find that person to help you get through what you're going through. It could be in a small group. Today is small group Sunday. You can step out in the atrium and sign up for a small group. It could be that it's in those relationships in a small group that a friend of a friend of a friend is going to open that door that, you, uh, that has been closed in your life for an extended period of time. Where God guides, God will provide. I said there's four things. Here's number two. The second lesson that we've learned over the years is that God will not automatically answer your dreams. There's always a time lapse before your dream becomes a reality. Listen to the words of the Old Testament, the book of Habakkuk. It says, for this revelation, or you could say for this dream, 
for the dream that you have, for the dream awaits for an appointed time. Now, here's where some of you just really get hung up because you have your timetable and you know when you want it to be done. But here it says, the dream, the revelation awaits for an appointed time. It speaks of the end and it will not prove false. Though it linger, though it linger, though it linger. Some of you are in the linger phase. Some of you have been lingering, waiting, wondering, uh, and you're just, though it linger, I want you to wait for it. I want you to be patient because it will certainly come to pass and it will not delay. I'll tell you, some of you need to go to the Old Testament book of Habakkuk and you need to print that off and you need to put it on your mirror uh, in your bathroom so that as you're getting ready, every day you see that. You need to be reminded, though it linger. God often uses a waiting period to teach us what it means to trust Him. Remember, a a delay is not necessarily a denial. And I believe your spiritual maturity comes when you start to understand the difference between a no and a not yet. And maybe God is saying to you, it's coming, but not yet. I've got these things planned for you, but not yet. But slowly and steadily and surely, the time is approaching when that door, when that vision, when that dream will be fulfilled. It may be slow, but don't despair, for these things will surely come to pass. I want you to hear this. Here's the second one. When God delays, He knows best. When God delays, He knows best. Just be patient. What I've discovered over the years is that uh, God always comes on time. He is never late. He's never late. There are times when he places you in a waiting room. And he's saying, the time is not now. You see, some of you, have you been on this track that the doors have opened? And, uh, and you're going further and you're going faster than you have ever imagined. And right when one door opens, another door opens. And, then another, and you are just speeding along in your career and you're rejoicing for all the opportunity that you have. And then all of a sudden, boom, God picks you up and said, okay, I'm going to put you right over here in the waiting room. Welcome to God's waiting room. And it's like your life has been placed on pause. And you know why? Because it is. He's saying, I need you to wait over here. Have you ever been in God's waiting room? Have you ever been just busting through life and then it seems like every door closes? Every opportunity silenced and you're there and you're stuck over here in the waiting room. And you're wondering, what is going on here? Why isn't this moving? And you're trying to bind the devil and you're trying to push things open and all this stuff. And all the while, God is working behind the scenes to get you ready for what he has prepared for you. But you're so anxious and you're so worried because you're over here in the waiting room when God is just reforming you and reshaping you and and he is preparing you for what he has already got prepared for you. And look... I. 
I know, I hate to be in the waiting room. I'm like you, I hate to wait. I hate to wait in traffic. I hate to go to a, uh, a restaurant and wait for my food. I hate to uh, <clears throat> wait at a doctor's office. I hate to wait on God. Noah had to wait 120 years from the time he started building the ark until the time it started to rain. Abraham had to wait 99 years from the time that he was born to the time that God said, now you're going to have a son who will be the heir to the great nation. Moses had to wait 40 years in the desert to then go to Pharaoh to get the children of Israel released from slavery to go, what, 40 years through the wilderness before they went into the promised land. Joseph had to wait years in prison before he was made a ruler. David was anointed to be king of Israel by the prophet Samuel, but he had to wait years before actually assuming the throne. Jesus. Jesus had to wait 30 years in a carpenter's shop before he started his public ministry. So there are times in your life where God is going to press the pause button. And he said... Today, you're moving to the waiting room. And while you're in the waiting room, I'm going to be building you up and building your character so that you'll be able to handle the blessings that he is going to pour on you. That these blessings are not going to come uh, quickly, but little by little until you are increased, until you can handle what he has for you. God's delays are not necessarily God's denials. And if you find yourself in that waiting room, waiting for an answer, waiting for a change, waiting for a breakthrough, waiting for a miracle, you just need to take a deep breath and say, God, I trust you as I wait. I trust you. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to trust that you are going to work out. I'm going to trust you no matter what. That's hard. That's really hard. Because the circumstances in your life are crying out otherwise. And it is so difficult for you to do this, but I just want you just to trust the Lord. Say, okay, God, I know you have this, and I'm going to trust you with this. I want you to release it to him. I want you to release it to him. I said there's four things. Here's the third one. When what God has given, he multiplies. Now, this is the concept of blessing. When God is given something, he blesses it. When God blesses something, he multiplies it. That's what all blessing is. When God is, what God is given, he multiplies. If you give him your time, God is going to multiply your time. If you give God your money, God's going to multiply your money. If you give God your talent, God's going to multiply your talent. If you give God your energy, God's going to multiply your energy. It's like planting seeds. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 10 says, For God is the one who provides seed. He provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, now talking to you, he will provide and increase your resources. God is going to provide for you. And he's going to increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. God it's going to bless you. Remember this. What God touches and what God blesses, he multiplies. 
He multiplies. Now, farmers have seeds, okay? And they take a seed and you'll plant it, and let's say it's a watermelon. What happens from that seed? Well, you get a big fruit. You get a watermelon. But then you cut open that watermelon, and if it's a seeded watermelon, uh, you'll see hundreds of seeds in there. That's God. Seed to the sower. God's going to provide you with resources. Um, in 2 Corinthians 9 and 6, it said, Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. That when we start to plant generously, we can expect God's blessings. One of the greatest lessons that Patty and I have learned through the years is this. You just can't outgive God. You can try it, but you can't. You can't outgive God. When, when you give God your life, God's going to make it much better than you ever dreamed. When you give God your time, he's going to make it much better than you ever, uh, more efficient than you ever thought. When you give God your money, he, he multiplies it. Whatever you give him, he multiplies. You can't outgive him. A couple of weeks ago, God, planted, uh, God prompted Patty and me to, uh, to plant a seed above our normal tithes and offerings. Now, we didn't think, any, honestly, we didn't think anything about this. Didn't think about it at all. Just went on. We've learned over the years to be sensitive to God's promptings. And if you're sensitive to God's promptings, God's going to honor that. And so uh, we didn't, didn't think uh, anything about it. And uh, something happened this past week that made me think and, and reminded of this. Um, one of the most dangerous television networks that you can ever watch, okay, is HGTV. Dangerous. Be careful. That is our go-to. You know, it is one of those, you can have people over and you can uh, leave that on and it's background noise and that's kind of what we do. Uh, because if it's, uh, it's just easy, it's background stuff. But if you're not careful, you'll start to watch that stuff. And if you're not careful, you will start to think that you are the next Chip Gaines. <laughs> that you're the next Joanna Gaines. That you say, I can do that. And that's my problem because I, I look at most anything that somebody does. I can do that. I stayed at a Holiday Inn Express before. I can do that. But the problem is I can't do that, but I think I can. You, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, but so a couple of years ago, watching too much of that, we thought, you know what? I bet you we can, we can do a flip. We can do a flip. We can do that. And so we dove into the waters that many of you are already there. You're already there with rental properties, and, and we're just not so sure that's where we need. Uh, we're just still trying to figure that out, okay? Still trying to figure it out because sometimes good, things can be good. Like, that's what I preached last week, but they keep you from the great. And so this may be one of those stories. But anyway, and so we, do, we dove into that, got a condo, and we, we flipped, and it looks beautiful. Patty's got a touch for that, good eye. And then we decided, okay, let's just put it on Airbnb, you know, and just watch the money roll in. Well, the money hadn't rolled in. It just hadn't. I mean, maybe twice a month, okay, a weekend, okay, uh, maybe twice a month. And so over the last several uh, weeks, we've been thinking, man, is this even something we need to be involved in and, and so forth? So we planted the seeds, didn't even think anything about it. And then this past week, my phone starts going off, bing, 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 bing. Do you know that where we've been doing like two weekends a month, that about every day in the month of August has rented? And it, was, it caught me off, off guard so much that I walked through my, I said, what is happening here? 
I really, I thought, what is going on? Something is happening in this city. What is going on? And then it was like the voice in my ear says, you can't outgive God. I wasn't even, I didn't even have faith for it, okay? My faith was been beaten up so much on that. I didn't even, you know, I, I wasn't expecting that. But God said, you just can't. And so that is just a small, uh, just a small example of, of the countless number of times that we have seen God do immeasurably more than we ask or even imagine according to the power that works in us. And so many times we, we come to a situation like that and God calls us to have faith. Now, faith is when you give in advance, okay? But instead of having faith, we are tempted to bargain with God. And there's a difference between having faith in God and having a bargain with God. Faith says you've got to step out in advance. Faith is sacrificing in advance. Bargaining is saying, God, um, help me to close this deal and I'll give you a part of it. You know, it's, it's, you know, saying, let's bargain a little bit here. I'll do this and, you know, and we'll go back and forth. You know, that's not faith. Faith is saying, God, you've told me to do this. I am stepping out. I'm going to do this even though I don't see anything developing around, but I am going to trust you that you're going to come through. So what we're talking about is planting seeds. What we're talking about is what God has given, God multiplies. In Matthew chapter uh, 19, it says, and everyone who has been given up houses or, or brothers or sisters or father or mother, children or property for my sake will receive, what, a hundred times as much in return and will inherit eternal life. That just shows you how much God wants to pour out on you and wants to bless you. Now, does that mean that today you're going to give $100 and tomorrow you're going to get $1,000? That's bargaining. I'll do this, but you do that. That's not faith. It doesn't work that way. You've got to, you, you trust God in that. Then God throws open the windows of heaven. He pours out blessings, but he's not going to come, and he's not going to allow you to twist the scriptures and allow you to negotiate a new deal with him. It doesn't work that way. He's calling us to have faith. He's calling us to trust him. Here's the fourth and final one as we quickly run to a close. What God starts, he finishes. What God starts, he finishes. And I am certain that God who began the good work within you, he will continue this work until it is finally finished. I love these words. Until it is finally finished on the day when Jesus Christ returns. God has started this work in you. God's going to complete it. Some of you think, this breakthrough is never going to come. But let me say, God that started this thing in you, he is going to complete it. This is the message of Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11. It says, for I know the plans I have you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. They're plans to give you a future. Plans to give you a hope. God has a plan for your life. He knows your potential. He knows what you can accomplish. You may not even know your full potential. Your friends may not know your full potential. Your, your spouse may not know your full potential. But God sees you, and he sees the potential that you have inside of you. He says, I know the plans I have for you. And I believe that he has plans, and he is working behind the scenes to accomplish his will. He's working behind the scenes. Here's the problem. 
there are so many people that instead of listening to his word, to his truth, you're listening to the negative voices in your life. Those negative voices that say you'll never do it, you can never accomplish this, you're not educated enough, you're, uh, you don't have talent enough, and uh, your daddy couldn't do it, and you can't do it, the whole list of all that. And I am saying to you, it is time to listen to the voice of truth and not the voice of the negative folks around you. God has a plan for your life. Don't let anybody talk you out of his dream and his goal for you. Don't let anybody tell you that this can't be done. Because with God, all things are possible. Every one of you individually, I want you to hear this. And if you'll get this truth in you, his truth, what does the Bible say? His truth will bring freedom. So we close this series out like we started. I believe that there are God opportunities knocking on your door. And I want you to open the door and I want you to walk through. You can do this. You can do this. Because you're not going to go alone, but God is going to go with you. So in the next few minutes, we're going to pray. And you, I want you to think about that dream that you've had. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to say, God, I'm surrendering this dream to you. I'm surrendering this dream, this idea, this goal, this relationship. I'm giving it to you. In fact, God, I am going to get under what you have put over me. You see, God has a, a system of authority over us. And when we come and surrender, we get under what he has put over us. That's what prepares us to go further, faster. God, it's you. Give me that strength. I get under that. And so, as we pray today, this is a prayer of surrender. This is a prayer where you say, God, I'm giving you my life. I surrender this to you. I surrender it. And some of you have never surrendered anything, and God's calling you to take that step and give your life to Jesus, that today is the day that you're going to make him the leader and the Lord of your life. There's others here that you've done like I am, that you, you've given God your soul, and you've trusted him your eternity. But I'm telling you that that problem at work, I got that one. I'm going to handle it. I'm going to handle it quickly. And that's the one he said, I want you to give everything. I want you to trust me with everything. And that's where he's calling you today. Some of you, your biggest fears are financial because you don't trust God with your money. You trust him with your soul, but you don't trust him with your money. What's up with that? I want you to come to the place where you trust him in every area of your life. Are you ready? Are you ready to pray? Are you ready to receive that prompting from the Lord? Let's bow our heads and let's pray together. Father, I am so thankful today because I believe you are actively working in this auditorium and you're working for, uh, on those people that are watching online. And Jesus, I pray that your will would be accomplished. And for those that have never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I want you to pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, save me. Say that. Say, Jesus, forgive me. Make me into the kind of person you'd have me to be. I give you my life. 
And Father, I pray for the scores of people in this room that are weighed down by worry and fear. They're weighed down by uh, problems. I pray in the name of Jesus, God, that, that you would come and make a way where there seems to be no way. And God, that you would resurrect that dream and that vision that you have placed in their lives. And God, that this would be a new day. That they would step out in a new hope, in a new fashion, in a new faith, knowing that you are going before them and that you're going to accomplish and that you have somebody in their future that is going to help them go further and faster than they ever imagined. And so, God, we receive your strength and wisdom and we thank you in advance for what you're going to do. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to StevensCreekChurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.